Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your health care provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello everyone. I hope you had a great past week. I did. Um, the issue I was having with my left leg has gone away. And after the surgery, it seems to be like I'm getting more strength in my legs. So that that's making my whole days and weeks a lot better which kind of dwells into the topic we're going to be talking about. Most of us deal with this, and especially myself, now that I have less pain, I should have what we're going to talk about today is less depression, and I feel I do. And we're going to talk about several different topics in, in regards to depression. First, we're going to talk about what is depression, then we're going to talk about four mood-boosting essential oils to support everyday life challenges. Then we're going to talk about if living alone makes you feel depressed, here's how to avoid it. And finally, we're going to talk about nine instant ways to calm yourself down. Now, of course, this all depends on how much time this is going to take. If I have to, I might have to split this into two uh, episodes. But... That's what we're talking about today, and I hope you enjoy this podcast and you find that this might help you with your depression or mental issues. And I forgot to mention, I do have bipolar too, so, but today we're just going to talk about depression, which affects all of us. So let's get started. While everyone has experienced sadness, not everyone has experienced depression. In fact, if you've never been depressed, chances are that you don't have a real grasp on what living with com- this complex mental illness is like. Depression is insidious. It affects not only your mood, but also your ability to feel, think, and function. It blunts sensations of pleasure, closes off correctiveness, also stifles creativity, and that is worst, shuts down hope. It also often causes deep emotional pain, not only to the person experiencing it, but to that person's closest family and friends. So here are some signs and symptoms of depression. If sadness alone isn't a good gauge of depression, what is? According to the American Psychiatric Association's, current diagnosed and statistical manual of mental disorders, which is the diagnostic guide used by most mental health professionals, 
If you've experienced at least five of the following symptoms most of the day, nearly every day, or at least two weeks, you may be diagnosed with major depression disorder, also known as clinical depression. So here are the um, symptoms. Cheerful emptiness or worthlessness, little interest or pleasure in work, hobbies, friends, family, and other things you once enjoyed, dramatic changes up or down in your appetite or your weight, not related to dieting, trouble concentrating or making decisions, anxious restlessness that manifests in ways like pacing or wringing your hands, or the opposite, moving or speaking more slowly than usual, Next one is insomnia or sleeping too much, and finally, recurrent thoughts of suicide or death. So now we're going to talk about causes and risk factors of depression. No one knows for sure why some people become depressed and others do not. Depression can occur without any obvious cause, and it's well documented that once you had one depression episode, your risk of having another later in life increases. So among the potential contributors due, due to depression are genetics, neurotransmitters, inflammation, hardship, and traumatic brain injury. Uh, the one I dealt with was hardship was one of the ones and also inflammation. Um, there are descriptions of each of those I'll let you guys go ahead and read those uh, when you when I send this research papers to you so how is depression diagnosed to be diagnosed with MDD one of your symptoms must be a persistent low mood or loss of interest or pleasure your symptoms must also not be due to substance abuse or medical conditions, such as thyroid problems, a brain tumor, or nutritional issues. Of course, it's normal to have any or all of these symptoms temporarily for hours or even days from time to time. The difference with depression is that the symptoms persist and make it difficult to function normally. So if you suspect you may be depressed, the best first step is to reach out to your primary care doctor, a psychiatrist, or a psychotherapist. Also, know that depression screenings may now be a part of routine checkups. If you're reluctant to consult a professional, type depression or clinical depression into Google on your cell phone or computer and you'll find links to clinically validated depression tests known as the PHQ-9 patient health questionnaire and that's highlighted in blue and I'll make sure you also get that I'll post that for you so you're easier to find it although designed to be administered by a healthcare professional this test is short and straightforward take it and you can immediately see if your score indicates you may have depression. Important notice here is if you suspect you have depression or if you're feeling troubled by your symptoms, 
have suicidal thoughts, just need to talk, want some advice, want some advice or need a referral for treatment, call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, formerly known as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, at the three-digit code of 988 or the National Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration Helpline is at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Both are free and available 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, just so you know, I wear two bracelets on my arm. And one of them is for the helpline. And another one is for um, AMVETS. Because I am a veteran. I wear that one with a suicide number on it also. So, you know, that might be something you, that you want to look into. It's, all it is is like those wristbands that you get, the rubber ones that have messages on them. Well, these have, have the phone number on them. So it works for me. I mean, I haven't used it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to have that there, knowing that, you know, if I do have this, those issues, that I've got it right here on my hand or on my arm that I can give them a call. And that might that might help you also. And those bands aren't that much. I mean, you can probably get one on Amazon, but most likely, you, you know, you'll have to have one made up. But like I said, they're not that much money. So now let's discuss what are the different types of depression. First one is persistent depression disorder. This one is diagnosed in people who have at least two of the symptoms of major depression for at least two years at a time. And that's according to the Cleveland Clinic. Next one is bipolar disorder, formerly called manic depression, depressive disease. It's characterized by moods that cycle between extreme highs, which is mania, and lows, which is depression often with periods of normal mood in between. Next one is a seasonal affective disorder. Never heard of this one before. This is a depression that occurs at the same time each year, usually beginning in fall and persisting through winter. Wow, never heard of that one. Next one is premenstrual disophoric disorder. This is a more serious form of premenstrual syndrome, usually develops a week or two before a woman's period or passing two or three days after menstruation starts. And the last type is postpartum depression. This one is diagnosed in mothers who experience symptoms of major depression shortly after giving birth or during pregnancy. So let's finish up with that article and move on to the next one. So let's talk about five ways to lower your risk of depression if you live alone. If you live alone, there are many good ways to stay connected with the world around you, which can lessen feelings of sadness or loneliness before they lead to depression. The first one is seek treatment and, and support for your depression if you need to. Feeling sad and living alone doesn't automatically mean you have depression, but if you feel so sad 
and lonely and depressed, it's a good idea to reach out for help. Now, again, uh, don't have very much time, so I'm only going to read like the beginning of the article, and then you can look at the rest when, when you have the opportunity. Number two, spend time with people you love. When you start spending time with your favorite people, most social connections develop from in-person shared activities. This is why it's so common for people to develop close relationships with co-workers, for instance. When we see them at the office again and again, we spend hours making small talk about hobbies and shared interests. Spending time together will deepen your current relationships. Number three. Now this is the one I talk about quite often. Spend time outside the home if you're able to. It's important to get out of your home regularly if you can, especially if you work from home, so you can get into a new environment. That said, not everyone can get out of the house as often as we like. This can be especially true for people with illnesses, older adults with limited mobility, or people who rely on caregivers. Number four is find friends through new hobbies. Picking stock of what you like to do. Do you get value out of engaging in physical activity with others? Whether it's a run club, biking club, swim club, pickleball club, or dancing, an online search can help you find activities you like in your area. That's a good suggestion there. They give a lot of uh, different ideas that I usually don't talk about. Number five, take care of yourself. Certain self-care activities have been shown to boost mental well-being in general, as well as help people with depression feel better, according to the Mayo Clinic. So they're asking you should get regular exercise, nutrition, nutritionist diet, and sleep. I might be able to get this whole um, message across. It seems like I got some more time. So, so now we're going to talk about four mood-boosting essential oils to support everyday life challenges. So the question they raise here is, could essential oils, a form of aromatherapy, come to the rescue? Aromatic oils are collected by steaming or pressing plants to capture the compounds that give off their unique scent. When inhaled or applied topically in a, car in a carrier oil, these scents provide potentially therapeutic benefits, including mood, mood dis, uh, stabilization. Essential oils are distilled from different plants. So here's some essential oils that might help you. So the first one is lavender oil. Now, let me emphasize this. I've always talked about it. Make sure before you start taking these essential oils and using them through the vape, vaporizer machine, make sure that they're not going to affect your pets. Because some of these can really um, hurt your pets. And yeah, so I, that's why I, I always uh, burn the orange. That's the only one I like using. And that one seems to really help me a lot. 
Okay, so we had the lavender oil. The next one is peppermint. Uh, one study male college students who ingested a peppermint essential oil capsule an hour before activities performed significantly better on the grip, vertical jump, and long jump test that they did five minutes before taking the pill. Remember though, read the uh, causes or the issues that may arise by using these essential oils. So your life is more uh, incense like cinnamon, clove, jasmine. These oils help with fatigue. Next one, lemon oil. Lemon oil may soothe anxiety. Rosemary oil may help you focus. And finally, sandalwood may also increase focus. Now, I do have a list of uh, all these oils and what they help with. I'll make sure that I put that on this Facebook page so all of you can read uh, what oils are best for certain applications. But again, for your safety and others, including your pets, make sure that you take the time to read this whole article. Man, the last article is going to be nine instant ways to calm yourself down. And here we go. Something pushed you over the edge. Whether your kids are screaming at each other again, you had another work project dumped on your lap, or your spouse said something insensitive, you may want to know how to calm yourself down in these moments. But mainly, you can know all the good stress coping skills, like taking a walk, doing yoga, carving out a me time in your day. But when you're in high anxiety state, you're in a state of dysregulation, meaning your nervous system has entered the sympathetic fight or flight, which may makes it hard to think straightforward. You really can't access common stress coping to skills when you're dysregulated. So here are some of those skills. Number one, sit with stress and label sensations. Stress or the magnitude of the stress response can take you by surprise sometimes. And you can go from zero to 60 quickly. That's when you want to label what's happening. Drop into your body and notice the physical sensations present. Number two, move your body to combat stress hormones. When you have a rush of stress hormones and you're in fight or flight, your body needs you to do one of those things. First one is and that requires moving your body. Next one this is going to be number three, shake it off. Literally, if you ever seen an animal in peril, say a deer running from a perceived threat, you notice that they shake their bodies off right after. That's, you know what, I never, I mean, I've seen them do that, but I didn't know there was a reason for that. Wow. Number four, soak up the sun to shut off your brain. Regular exposure to sunlight has been linked to positive mental health benefits including 
better mood and reduce stress, anxiety, and depression. That was another thing I said, always get outside. Number five, take deep breaths to calm your nervous system down. Number six is use cold water or ice to rest and digest. Number seven, watch ASMR to reduce anxiety. And you know what, I've uh, listened to a few of those uh, videos before. They really didn't do anything for me, but <laughs> they were more annoying than anything else. Number eight is hover over your stress, which means visualize hovering over yourself, looking down and watching yourself experience a high stress episode. This is sometimes a practice with myself lately when I'm in that state. It creates a sense of just detachment from your stress and brings levity to it. And finally, number nine, humming is another great activity that stimulates your vagus nerve. Humming produces a frequency inside your mind and body that helps to soothe the nervous system. And some, there's some good techniques here. I mean, it says you'd also when to seek help for stress and anxiety. So, you know, like I said before, make sure you go through all these articles I'm posting. Because, like I said, time strength, I didn't have time to go over every single item on each research page. So, please do this. That's very important. Thank you for all being here. If you get the opportunity, please go to my merch store. I've got a lot of um, merchandise on there that you can purchase. That would really help this podcast to move along, finally. And to make some money for us to keep running this show every Monday. But I want to say thank you for being here. Take care of yourself. Have a safe week. And I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.